Are you struggling with how to help your children control their emotions? Are your children in the habit of biting and hitting when they're angry or overwhelmed? If you're listening to this podcast while covered in bruises and teeth marks, well, then you're back. And we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. We hope you listened to part one. This is part two. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we jump into today's episode, which is part two of Hitting and Biting, here is a quick word from our sponsor. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shoparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shoparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names. To help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shoparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shoparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before, meaning you can get their great prices all day every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives. Well, hey, Ginger, before we get started, I'm thinking a quick recap from last week would be really helpful. We answered some questions from our listeners who have children who are really struggling with hitting and biting. We talked about siblings who are on the receiving end of hitting and biting, which I hadn't really thought about before this episode, um, and how they can respond biblically. And I think that was really helpful. And we also discussed the difference between kids who are roughhousing in a playful way with no ill intent and kids who are responding to their emotions by bringing physical harm to someone else. So if you missed part one of Hitting and Biting last week, we encourage you to go back and listen. And if you've already listened, then we're glad you're here with us for part two. So Ginger, how can we as parents reach the hearts of our children who are hitting and biting and help them better express their emotions? Well, first, we want to consider why they might be hitting and biting. Are they being exposed to angry, aggressive responses to emotions at home or on TV shows or games or some other technical device? Are they being offered an alternative to expressing their emotions without hitting and biting? In other words, are they being provided with a means of escape? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that when we are tempted to sin, God always provides us with a means of escape. So is the child being told, no, you do not hit or bite and perhaps even given a consequence? or Is he being offered a biblical alternative to his sinful behavior? Is he being told what not to do without being told what to do? Okay, so let's break that down practically. What are some physical and spiritual means of escape that we can offer our kids? 
I recently listened to a podcast called Raising Boys and Girls with Sissy Goff, David so Thomas, good. and Melissa. It is. And Melissa Trevathan. Is that how you say yeah, her I don't name? know. So, Okay. <laughs> I probably just totally botched that. Sorry, Melissa. And, <laughs> and I found a lot of information really helpful as far as things that can trigger aggressive behavior in children. One of the things they mentioned is under stimulation. Does the child have a lot of bottled up energy? I mean, Lord knows with most little kids, they have a lot of energy and they need an outlet to exert that mm-hmm. energy. Does the hitting and biting seem to happen more when he's had to be still for a long time, like after school or after church or after riding in the car for long stretches of time? Just planning a 30-minute stop at the park to break up a long afternoon of running errands can really make a big difference. Or if you're home, maybe just have them run a few laps around the house or up and down the driveway just to get some of that pent-up energy out. We actually tried that the other day. So our kids were acting like absolute maniacs after dinner one night. And I said, I think y'all need to go run a few laps outside around the house. And I expected groaning because that's exactly what I would have done if someone told me to go run laps around the house after eating spaghetti and it's 90 degrees. But, you know, if you see me running, honestly, it's because somebody's chasing me. So you need to come help me. Uh, (laughs) But they were... But they were so excited and they just timed each other and made a game of it. They absolutely loved it. (laughs) And, you know, Ginger, it makes me wonder how much this seeming uptick in aggressive behavior with young kids stems from the uptick in the amount of time that they are required to sit still. Mm -hmm. So this is honestly one of the main reasons I wanted to homeschool our kids. It just pained me to think of requiring a child, you know, a little five-year-old to sit at a desk even for an hour a day. Um, But I know, I understand not every family is willing or able or feels called to homeschool their children. So I think your advice to look for those opportunities to give them that physical outlet is even more important if they're in a more formal school setting. Um, And then when we talk about kids who are preschool aged, I think we should be mindful of our expectations. So yes, we want to require obedience and to correct wrong behavior, but we can also do so in an age-appropriate way. The book I mentioned in part one of this episode, it's actually written by the same people who do the podcast you talked about, Ginger, and we'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can find it. Um, But here's what they had to say about it. A more productive and reasonable way to set boundaries for an explorer, and that's what they call kids in that preschool-aged group, is to redirect his energy toward usefulness. For example, rather than say, stop hitting, say, it's not okay to hit your sister, but it is okay for you to go hit a tree with a baseball bat. (laughs) So giving young children an outlet for that physicality is vitally important. Now, having said that, there's another book I really liked called Child Training Tips by Reb Bradley. Mm, Katie, I love that book. I oh, read, do you? I do. I, I read Reb's book, um, Child Training Tips, several times when mine were little. And so, yeah, we'll put, definitely put a link in the show notes to all the resources that we mentioned. Go ahead. I'm awesome. sorry I interrupted you. So what well, did you read he, in Reb's book? Okay, so he actually discourages the venting of anger by permitting them to hit a pillow, for instance. He says that will foster narcissism and strengthen their will Mm -hmm. in a bad way, obviously, um, by allowing unrestrained self-expression and venting of their passions. So here's what he says. Prohibiting them from taking their anger out on something will not make them victims of repressed emotions or warp their psyche. It will teach them godliness. Children must learn that self-control and forgiveness are godly responses to anger, end quote. So, Ginger, you can see why Christian parenting is so stinking confusing. Because, (laughs) you know, why don't you tell us your thoughts on this? I don't want to teach my young children to give in to these unbridled emotions or their anger, 
But I also recognize that they have this need to express themselves physically. So how do we balance that? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. And I know it is so hard to know what to do when there are just so many conflicting opinions and voices out there. And Christian ones are conflicting just as well. So the best thing that we can do is to look to the Word of God for help because there is no error there. There are, there's no conflicting advice in the Word of God. The Word of God is the best parenting book there is. And, you know, Katie, I remember when you and I first started talking about outlets for kids who are hitting um, when they're angry, when we were preparing for this podcast. And before I really thought about it from a biblical perspective, my first knee-jerk response was to recommend one of those blow-up, kid-friendly punching bags. Yes. I don't know if they still have those around. The clown you know, the ones. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you punch <laughs> it, and it falls over, and it pops right back up so you could punch it again. I actually had one of those when I was a kid. It, it didn't have a, a clown on it. It had some cartoon character's face on I can't remember which one. Yeah, see, I feel like I need one of those now, though. And that, that's probably <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that was my initial response. But then I got to thinking about what God's Word says. And, you know, I totally agree with Reb Bradley because his warnings against giving in to sinful anger by way of venting it in any way, um, those warnings are based on biblical truths. We don't want to encourage our kids really to hit anything when they're angry. We want to encourage them to show love and to be others-oriented and self-controlled. You know, let's think about it like this. If if little Jimmy is mad at his little sister Amy and mom tells him to go take his anger out on the Spider-Man punching bag, well... Who do you think Jimmy's going to be imagining and picturing (laughs) while he's unleashing his anger on the punching bag or while he's hitting a bat up against a tree? Probably not Spider-Man. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. The (laughs) the more he dwells on whatever it is Amy did to make him mad, the harder he's going to hit the bag or hit the tree. He may not be hitting Amy outwardly, but inwardly, he probably is. And Matthew 5, 28 explains that the sins that dwell only within the heart are still just as sinful in the eyes of God. Mm. So instead of encouraging the child to take his anger toward his sister out on something else, a more biblical response would be to encourage him to take that anger to the Lord and to ask the Lord to help him with it. And we're going to get to how we can do that with young children uh, that have limited verbal skills in just a few minutes. As far as a practical means of escape, it's probably wise to try to get to the heart of the anger, to try to understand what triggered it, and then to encourage them to use their words in a self-controlled way to communicate and resolve the problem instead of hitting or biting, because those are angry responses. To get to the heart, a good question might be, you know, it's very simple, like, what were you feeling when you hit your sister? If it was anger, which it usually is. What happened that made you feel angry? And so help them figure that out. We also need to consider that part of the reason that they might be hitting and biting could just be their inability to communicate, in which case it's okay for you to feed them the words to say. It might be necessary for you to walk them through how to use their words to respond and to work through their anger with self-control instead of lashing out. Okay, so we've talked about how... Uh, Understimulation can trigger aggressive behavior in children and how they need to be able to exert all that pent-up energy. But on the flip side of understimulation is obviously overstimulation, which can also trigger aggressive behavior in children. So, Ginger, toward the beginning, you mentioned how technology can have a negative effect on our kids' emotions and behaviors. So let me quickly throw in here that if you missed the two-part show we did on technology and your kids are acting out in angry, aggressive ways, I really encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. That was episode um, episodes 29 and 30. 
Yep, overstimulation of any kind is not healthy for young children. And even with the harmless roughhousing and wrestling with dad that we talked about earlier, it's healthy when it's done in moderation and in fun and at the right time. Aggression, especially in little boys, it shouldn't be stifled. God made little boys to be aggressive. So it comes naturally for them and it can and will be beneficial when it's used for God's glory. But just like in anything, if it's being expressed outside of God's will, it becomes sin. So when it comes to roughhousing or wrestling, uh, Katie, I know you mentioned them having a physical space, but it also Mm -hmm. might be a good idea for dad to actually set a timer and say something like, all right, buddy, let's go at it for 15 minutes and then we stop. This way, the child is clear that there's a time to wrestle, a time to be aggressive and a time to not. That's great. And that that's a really good point, Ginger, because, you know, then we're not expecting them to get to tackle mom and dad all the time. And we have right. we have a set time and a set space. That's great. That's right. That's right. And that's what the Bible says. There's a time for to do this and there's a time there's to a stop. And a lot everything. of things. Yes, for this everything. is wrestling season. <laughs> yes, exactly. And as far as being understimulated or overstimulated, it's good for kids to have a balanced routine. They need activities that exert energy, and they need activities that involve quiet time and rest, and not just rest when it's nap time or bedtime. It's healthy for them to learn ways to quiet their own minds and bodies so that they can experience the joy and contentment of resting even when they're awake. Resting when we are awake is biblical. God knows that we need that. It's why he created the Sabbath. So with kids, scheduling them uh, maybe to have playpen time or high chair activity time, that's a great way to teach them how to quiet their hearts and minds. Mine actually had playpen time every day, once in the morning and once in the afternoon until they were just too old to be in their playpen. And then we actually moved to room time. And one quick tip on that, whether it's playpen time or room time, is to not allow too many toys during this time because that can cause overstimulation. Just maybe two or three, depending on the toy. This also helps them with focusing skills instead of being overwhelmed with too many options. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's Word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID, you know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled 
all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper, but my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. When mine were really young, probably between 18 months or you know, up to three or four years old, I had a different plastic container for every day of the week, and they would get that you know, they would get the Monday container during their Monday quiet time that day. So each container had about two to three different toys or puzzles inside to keep them engaged for that hour. And then when it was time to clean up, they just tossed everything back in the container. It worked really well for us in that season of life. Mm, I Uh, like that. And very smart of you to have a different container for every day. So they're not playing with the same toys and getting bored. It's a new two or three toys each day. Love it. Brilliant. Yeah. I stole that from somebody else on Pinterest, I think. It's probably me. Um, No, I'm not. (laughs) It was you. <laughs> you no, haven't figured out Pinterest. Don't lie. <laughs> you know me. No, I don't think I've ever been on Pinterest in my life. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm with you 100%, Ginger. It's a good thing for our children to learn how to quiet their minds and their bodies and also to experience boredom on a regular basis. Just a quick side note I don't think it's possible for our kids to get the quiet and board time, and also the physical time they need if they're spending as much time on devices as studies show that they're spending. Because, mm, I mean, even yeah. really young kids are, kids are spending, you know, four to six hours a day. And if they're mm. doing that, they're certainly not getting that pent-up energy out. And no wonder they're not. we're having yeah. meltdowns. And, and That's all right. And things. devices, that is not quiet time. That is not time resting right. your mind. It's like you said on those episodes we did on technology mm-hmm. and kids. Uh, what was it that you said? Um, that it's not neutral. You said yes, gaming, video games, not it's neutral. not neutral. That's exactly. not resting your mind. Yeah. And I've noticed that even calming shows, like if we could think of it that way, creates um, this pent up aggression in my kids when they watch it. So if they watch TV for a long period of time, no matter the content, mm-hmm. they really kind of get this. I mean, aggression is the best way to say it when they're done. And we're like, Mm -hmm. okay, go run outside and play. And we can tell when we have forgotten that they were watching TV and let them watch for too long. Mm -hmm. Which we're all going to do sometimes. Yeah, because then they start (laughs) butting heads and they really start kind of going at it. So um, it's just a good sign. Yeah, it's it's Mm -hmm. good to keep track of all of that and really start to gauge when they're having these issues and what they were doing before they had these issues. Well, listeners, if you detect a change in audio at this point in the show, it's because we just lost power here at my house because uh, we had a major thunderstorm come through. And so 
Ginger, we've had a lot of fun talking about um, yes. thunderstorms. Katie, you should have seen her. Scared her to death. <laughs> One thing that you need to know about Katie, she is horrified of weather. I am. <laughs> I've heard, uh, yeah, when she was, what was it, Katie, when you were rooming with Heather in college? Yes. Who Heather's a meteorologist. So she is a meteorologist. She, was, like, she, all works, about the storm. she works on our show. She is incredibly amazing and just all around very educated. But she is a meteorologist, and she and I were roommates at UGA. And a tornado was coming, like, through Athens, and I'm in the bathroom cabinet because we're in an apartment. Like, I don't have a basement. I'm in the bathroom cabinet screaming at her because she's outside taking pictures of it. And I'm like, get in here, Heather. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Which is why she's a meteorologist. That's it. That's yeah. it. So I'm a little like that, too. I know Heather, uh, I remember she, talking about that she wanted to be a storm chaser. I yeah. wasn't that bad, mm. but I actually love bad weather. I love being outside when bad weather's coming yeah. in. I like it when yeah. the you know, the storm's rolling in and it's lightning and thundering. And I just love that. I think I get it from my dad because when I was little, we would actually go outside when a storm was blowing in and lay on the trampoline <laughs> and watch the lightning and the wind. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I think my dad did it to me. <laughs> and you have a parenting podcast, Ginger. Just keep that in uh, mind. Yeah, like, we're so, we're not know, encouraging. Yeah, you know, do what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to the woman behind the mic. Exactly. <laughs> no, tell them what you do now. You don't go on the trampoline anymore, but oh, tell me no, what you do now. Okay, yeah. So I love taking bubble baths, and my favorite time to take a bubble bath is when there is a storm because our bedroom is upstairs with the bathroom, and so you can really hear the rain coming down. But I had no idea our, our good friends, uh, Brian and Lisa, that live kind of near UK, they live in Woodstock, but Brian is like a, a huge weather guy, mm. and you should have seen him when I told him that that's my favorite thing to do is yeah. get, get in the tub when the wind is coming. I don't know you could get electrocuted. Yeah, during Ginger, that, I mean, you so, might as well you know. just run around outside with a, you know, flag pole just you know whatever you'll be fine you'll probably be okay <laughs> i hope people's kids aren't listening okay, i know so okay back to the show well, what were we talking what about we were talking about is giving our kids time to be bored you know on a regular basis let them um, calm their minds quiet their minds mm -hmm. and how it can foster creativity and ingenuity um you know even if it means it will destroy you know they will destroy their rooms in the process I'm still working on this with my daughter. Uh, I get scared when she spends too many hours alone in her room because I'm so afraid what I'll walk in to find. Like today, I walked in there and there's toilet paper on the dresser and like toilet paper rolls. And I'm like, <laughs> clean up this trash. And she's like, mom, it's not trash. And, and she had like colored it. It was, it was art. <laughs> it's art. It's a beauty. Like, oh, super. You should admire it. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but she's just had so much practice having to entertain herself and use her imagination. Um, so it's fun and frustrating uh, to see how she will completely trash her room to keep herself occupied. <laughs> uh, but to her, you know, that trash is the scene of some spectacular imaginative play. There um, you go. And Ginger, I just hope all this effort means that she'll be a great writer or a creative mind someday. Otherwise, all that suffering through her incredible messes will feel pretty pointless. I'm just kidding. <laughs> good for her. It's good for her. I keep telling myself that. Yeah. And it does show a creativity. It does. You know, it does. There's no telling, you know, she's, what she was. It's like Alex with all of her drama. Yeah. Total drama queen growing up. And, you know, now she's an actor. So she's, all that drama is paying off. She's making a living with drama. Yeah. Well, at this rate, <laughs> so, we're going to have an attorney, a uh, pro football player, and a famous artist. There you That's go. That's where we're there headed. <laughs> That's how God made them. I love it. So we got to nurture that. That's it. Okay. So um, you were, what were we talking about? Well, you tell us more about the spiritual means of escape. So we've talked about oh, yeah, physical yeah. means of escape. Tell us about spiritual. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We get, we get, we so easily get off track. <laughs> uh, well, what's good about a spiritual means of escape uh, when kids are hitting and biting is that it's going to actually tie back in to the physical means of escape. Because if we can reach the hearts and point them to the rescuing help of Jesus, well, then that behavior of biting and hitting, that's going to take care of itself. And you guys are going to hear me say this a million times. Our primary goal is to help our children understand their need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when when they bite or hit or throw things first, we want to ask some very simple heart probing questions to help them see that behavior from a biblical perspective. Like, honey, is hitting your brother showing love to your brother? If he doesn't answer, don't get into a power struggle. Just go ahead and answer for him. No, sweetie, hitting is not showing love. God says that love does not hurt. Or if the child is just too young to answer heart probing questions, um, you know, you don't have to ask those. You could just simply instruct with, with just simple phrasing, honey, love does not hurt others. That's what God says. And then, you know, how precious would it be if you folded the hands of your toddler into yours and prayed, Jesus, please help Tommy to show love to his brother and to not hurt him. Now, if your toddler is in an uncontrolled state of anger, which I realize that is very likely Mm. if they're hitting and biting, they might be in a complete meltdown while you're trying to talk to them, um, then you don't want to try to instruct them when they're in that meltdown. Okay, I'm glad you're addressing that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yep. So that would be the time, uh, you know, to maybe uh, put him in his room until he calms down and gains that self-control. And then you can address the issue because kids, when their eyes are glazed over and they're just throwing a fit, they're not listening to you. So you just have to wait until give them some time, let them calm down, let them get that self-control. And however long that takes is however long that takes. Mm -hmm. And then come back and address it. And keep in mind that if your child has become accustomed to hitting and biting, you know, it's going to take some time before you start seeing results, but don't lose heart Mm -hmm. by addressing it this way over and over. Every time they struggle with it, what you're doing is you're training your child to turn to Jesus for help, for putting off sinful anger and hurting others and putting on self-control and love. I also highly recommend that you have these simple conversations during times of non-conflict. Don't wait until it happens. You know, perhaps every morning, as soon as your child is up and alert, if hitting and biting or throwing things, if those are big struggles for him, start the day with conversations about that and keep it very short and simple, way less than a minute for a toddler. Don't use too many words because that is absolutely going to overwhelm and frustrate them. Keep it very simple. And even throughout the day, during times of non-conflict, talk about how hands are not for hitting and teeth are not for biting. And you might even um, just have some routine questions that you ask every day, like, honey, what did God make hands for? Make it fun and interactive. God made hands to high five and go ahead and give the child a high five. What did God make arms for? God made arms to hug and then you hug. And then what did God make teeth for? God made teeth to chew and then maybe give them a gummy bear or something. Make it fun to have these conversations like that. You just made me think about something. I actually chipped a tooth last year um, and my, and I don't, well, I do know how I did it. I was ripping through packing tape. And um, so when I, when I went to the dentist. Um, I hope you told him you were ripping packing I did. tape. I did. I was teeth. like, I, I don't know how I possibly could have done this. She's like, well, you're, were you in the middle of doing something? You know, were you using your teeth? I was like, well, you know, I was like yeah. pulling apart <laughs> packing tape. My friend Rachel told me, she's like, you know, teeth are not tools. And and I think that's just a really good, a really yep. good point. Uh, but teeth are also not for biting. 
That's right. Anyway, I just love those proactive ways to address these struggles when the child is calm, because we all know, you know, kids are way more receptive when they're calm. But Mm -hmm. what about in the heat of the moment? So when they're mad and they're hitting in anger and they're just not in the state of mind to listen or answer heart probing questions. Um, I know you said put them in their rooms until they're, until they're calm enough to listen to instructions, but how do you give an out of control child a means of escape when he's just so angry, he keeps hitting even when you're trying to talk to him? Well, if he's so wrapped up in his anger and hitting or in Elena's case, son's case, uh, even throwing things, that, that was one of the questions that we read in part one last week. Um, her son was not just struggling with hitting and biting, but also throwing things. So if they're all wrapped up in anger and they're doing those kind of things, giving them a means of escape is going to be really helpful. And you can give them that means of escape by requiring the child to do something else with his hands. So physically take his hands and fold them and tell him to keep them folded until he calms down. That's just an outlet. It's something else for them to do with their hands when they're hitting or when they're throwing. And then once he's calmed down, um, that's when you can follow through with just a short conversation about God's command to show love and to not hurt others. And that's when you can pray just a short prayer, asking, uh, praying with him and asking Jesus to help him with that. And it's the same with biting, except he needs to fold his hands and close his mouth. (laughs) And, you know, you may not see results right away. I know I just said that training our children is a process. It takes time. But again, in that process, you're working to teach your child to put off responding in anger and hurting others and to put on self-control and loving others. And those are the things that are pleasing to God. Those are the virtues that you want to instill in their hearts. And so just be willing to take that time every time they struggle to talk about what to put off, what to put on, give them that means of escape, fold your hands, uh, close your mouth, calm down, and then um, you're going to be able to really help them understand what to put off and what to put on. And that is our goal as parents. And, you know, there's no magic solution. You know, you're not going to do this the first time with your kids and it's going to work, but we need to be proactive in teaching them what God's word says about loving others, putting others first, and having self-control in the way we treat others. Mm. Okay, but I hear the questions out there. I can hear them. What if you instruct the child to fold his hands and he won't do it? So what if you physically take his hands and fold them for him and tell him to stay that way until he calms down, but he won't comply? So I know you talk often about the dangers of getting into a power struggle with our kids. So, I mean, that sounds like a power struggle waiting to happen. Yes, it does. Well, then you have an issue of willful defiance on your hands. Mm. And so it's a whole different issue. If you take your child's hands, pull him to you, make eye-to-eye contact and say, you may not hit or bite. You need to fold your hands and calm down. And when he won't do that, that is direct disobedience and there should be consequences. Okay. So listeners, if you want a thorough understanding of, you know, biblical consequences for young children and what God's word says about the actual act of discipline, I highly recommend Ginger's book, Don't Make Me Count to Three. So she has four chapters specifically on the why, when, and how of biblical discipline. So if you're not a reader, she covers the same information in her three-part audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. Both of these resources are available on her website at Ginger. Hubbard.com. And when you purchase Ginger's resources through her website, you're supporting her ministry and this podcast. 
Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because it reminds us that parenting is not meant to be done alone. If the coronavirus has taught us anything, and hopefully it has, it's that we weren't meant to live in isolation. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Melissa in my home state of Georgia. And she says this, Hey, Ginger and Katie, loved the idea about Vaseline a few weeks ago. Been trying it and it works great. (laughs) Well, great. Thanks for encouraging her, Melissa. Not cool at all. <laughs> whoa, 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 Katie. I think we're we're just we're not gonna just breathe over what Melissa is saying here. In fact, I think you should read it again. Oh, and yeah. that we should all take a moment to reflect on what is actually being said here. <laughs> well, what's funny is as I'm looking at the email address. Uh, this is my cousin. This is my sweet cousin, <laughs> Melissa, which just makes my heart happy that she's listening. But seriously, I need my family to be on my side with this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Melissa. I think your statement is a is, is valuable evidence that my quick tips are making a positive difference in people's yes, lives. Yes, Ginger. Moms and dads <laughs> everywhere are so <laughs> thankful that they now have permanent grease stains on their sheets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, Katie, see, that's your, that's your problem. You don't listen. I When I gave that quick tip, I said I always put on socks after I put the Vaseline on my feet in order to avoid grease okay. spots. So you need to go back and listen. See, yeah, yeah. You well, give me some credit here. Okay. In the interest <laughs> of full disclosure, Brian and I have actually started using Vaseline on our feet as well. No. I know. <laughs> And I do put socks on. I'm just messing with you. But this is after, you know, I bought those $15 tubes of stuff that didn't really work that well. And I'll admit to you and to our listeners right now that I have benefited greatly from your quick tip, even though I still reserve the right to make fun of it. (laughs) Well, at the end of the day, Katie, I'm just here to help. I know you are. All right. Well, Melissa continues with more tips for us. So one is, she says, do boiled eggs in the Instapot. So throw a cup of water into the pot, turn it to the egg setting, and cook for soft, medium, hard. So uh, four, five, or six minutes, depending on uh, how you want them cooked. And when done, do a manual release, then scoop the eggs out and drop them into a cold water bath. So she says she does hers in the sink, being sure to break up the shells as you drop them. Uh, She says, we can cook and peel a dozen pretty eggs, no chunks missing, in under 15 minutes. And most of that is just waiting. So, and she also says, only do the eggs one layer thick. I love that. We have an Instapot and Ronnie is really big on eating boiled eggs for breakfast mm. because it's a great way to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's always boiling eggs in the kitchen and they stink. You know how eggs just oh, totally stink up the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that would even help doing it in the Instapot like that. I love this idea, Melissa. We're definitely going to try that. Thank you. I know Ronnie will be thrilled. I tried an Instapot one time and I just don't think I'm scientific enough to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I overcrowded it. I just feel like it's another, it's another tool I've got to figure out. You know what? Cooking appliances for me, Ginger, are like technology for you. I think oh, that's there what, you go. yeah. Okay, it that just, makes total sense. There's a block there for some reason, and I just, I, I can't introduce one more thing. I just yeah. can't. Well, and, and it does frustrate me, some of these, like the Instapot, you know, they all have like these manuals that you have to read. Yes. And I mean, it's like, you, it's like a college book. You know what, I think that's actually that what it is. It's like, yeah, I don't so, want to. <laughs> so, yeah, so quick tip for me, what I did with my Instapot, because I didn't want to read the whole, you know, college manual on how it operates, is I just Googled. I just Googled a few things, and you can watch like a two-minute, three-minute well, video. look at you, yeah, see, Technical. That was a technical <laughs> victory for me. Yeah, I'm getting better. Okay, so I have a quick tip. This, this is off the cuff. Um, I have a quick tip from my friend Bo, who went to college with me. He and Heather and I were actually really good friends at Georgia. And one time, I asked him a very simple question, and it was one that I really just should have looked it up myself. But he's a technical guy, and so I asked him. And he sent me a link 
And I think this website still exists. So he sent me a link with the answer to it, but he went through a website called Let Me Google That For You. And so (laughs) you type in what the person's asking and then it sends them a link to this Let Me Google That For You website and it types their question in. It's hilarious. Oh, that is hilarious. That reminds me of Al, who also helps with the podcast. Yes, we love Al. He hates it when I call him this, but he's my tech guy. So if you're listening, (laughs) Al, I'm telling everybody you're my tech guy. But it was just it was just a couple of weeks ago when I messed something up on my computer and I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So I um, called out, well, I FaceTimed him actually. And so when he popped up on the FaceTime, he had a shirt on that said, no, I cannot fix your computer. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't wait for me to call. So he would have that shirt on. We love our tech guys. Okay. (laughs) So Melissa has another, um, another quick tip. And I get, I'm not French, Melissa. I don't know. Is this sous vide? Is that how you say it? S-O-U-S-V-I-D. I botched it a lot worse than that. I don't know. She says, Google it. So let me Google that for you. Um, She says it's the best way to cook meat and it not get overcooked. I need to look that up. Oh, Um, interesting. But can we sous vide a frozen pizza, Melissa? Because that's the phase of life (laughs) I'm in right now. (laughs) Y'all, if money was no object, I would seriously hire a personal chef. Um, Just figuring out what to feed these people every day is the, is the hardest part of my day. Hmm. So Ginger, I know you're a great cook, but you know, you also put mayonnaise on pizza. So I'm not going to ask you for any cooking tips at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great, Katie. Spoiler alert. Mayonnaise on pizza. That was actually going to be my next quick tip. You just ruined it. So, and you know what? You should never knock something you haven't tried. I mean, Mm. unless it's sinful, of course, which this is not. I don't know. That's debatable. I think it is actually if you're Italian. That's, <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, that would kidding. be a total insult, yeah, okay. I'm sure. All right. Well, if you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something to do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Okay, Ginger, now that your Vaseline tip has been validated, I'm sure you're in a great mood (laughs) and will gladly leave us on an encouraging note today. Gladly. (laughs) When kids struggle with hitting or biting, let's pray that the Lord would open their hearts to the truths of His Word as we seek to train them to put off angry responses and hurting others and to put on love and self-control. Our kids are never too young for us to begin training them to love others and to put others first in ways that please God. And remember, God's Word does not return void. It's living It's active and it's life-giving, even for our young children. Thank you, Ginger. And thank you so much, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or review? This is a huge help for us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubber.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubber.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. So today we're offering her audio series, Reaching the Heart of Your Child, which is available in CD format or digital download, and her best-selling parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, as well as the companion study guide that can be used for the audio series or the book at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubber.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they, you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story, I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, But I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment, and they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service. But for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout.